Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news and pop culture from magazine journalists and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill, who debrief over the week that was Oh, my God. <laughs> you just fused our new one and our old one together. I haven't said that line in about six months. <laughs> welcome, everyone. Oh, my God. Okay, so Grace, I know the intro. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like our listeners will definitely know the intro better than us. I, I still have it up every single week on a document. Yeah, I need you to hold those like Love Actually placards that say yes. the thing to read it, like <laughs> cue cards. Yes. Anyway, hello everyone. Izzy, I'm having a, a breakfast bagel, a Saturday bagel in your honour today. Amazing. Yes. So for everyone um, out there who doesn't know what a breakfast, oh, a weekend bagel. Weekend bagel, yeah. yeah. What a weekend bagel is. It is a bagel. Um, with cream cheese on either side and then rocket tomato red onion halloumi tabasco salt and pepper what else avocado yeah i only had cream cheese so mine was a bagel with cream cheese tabasco and salt oh my god (laughs) you can't call that a weekend bagel yeah it was like a depressing version of a weekend bagel but anyway izzy invented the weekend bagel Mm. she owns all copyright on it yeah anyone who ever eats a halloumi bagel has to pay me 15 dollars it's worth it. Uh, do you know what I've been rewatching again this week? I do nothing new anymore. It's just old, old things. Absolute. Yeah, you're like Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, flea bag. Yeah. I've been introducing um, my friend Casey, who I'm living with at the moment, for about three days straight. I kept saying, let's watch flea bag. And she was kind of putting it off because I think she thought she wouldn't like it. And then every single night we get into bed together and watch an episode of flea bag. That's so cute. That's so wholesome. There's yeah. a 10-year-old daughter, and I thought you were about to say you were introducing her to it. I was like, bad babysitting, Isabel. No, but then Casey was a little bit drunk the other night, and she was like, you can watch an episode. I was like, she absolutely cannot. And then the next episode opened with um, her having sex against a wall. <laughs> but I was just laughing because um, how she has no, no money, and the guy comes in for a, a sandwich, and she charges him 20 pounds. <laughs> that would be us yeah so good so i finally watched once upon a time in hollywood yes it was funny because i i watched it and then had to go home and edit our episode on it and yeah. it was like the most frustrating thing of all time because i'm like i've heard this or what about this and then by then i'd actually seen it but i, I love we're it. having to record so far ahead now <laughs> Yeah, I literally like a month ahead. <laughs> yeah. Probably going to release this in November. Um, yeah, I I loved it. 
Yeah. I heard. I feel like the fact that I'd heard mixed reviews was good because it kind of tempered my expectations. Because I think a lot of people said that they didn't hate it, but they just had such high hopes that they were kind of like, yeah. Mm. But I had the opposite, so I loved it. I loved it. But then again, I think I'm such a bad person to go to because I love most movies. <laughs> I love. I just love going to the movies. Get me a chop top in hand and I'll be happy. I love going to the movies. And this cinema we went to, this is going to sound like a plug, but it's not. It, it's like an extra level of gold class that they've created. It's like gold class, gold class. It's called the boutique or something what? in event cinemas. And you have, it's only got like 12 huge leather chairs and you get bought cheese boards and your wine topped up all through the thing and champagne on arrival and the best a meze platter and Aaron cheese. It was wild. Me my, and Antoine my... did that once at um palace and it was like, I don't know what the deal was. I think it was like a media thing and you could get as much food as you want. And they have full, a um, full dinner menu that they bring in mm. in the middle of the cinema and we were so full, like so uncomfortably full, but I was like, <laughs> I cannot turn down. It was like a cheese board, a dinner, and then a, and then like a tray of desserts and all this wine. And I was like, I cannot not eat it. It's when it's in front of you. That's I felt so disgusting when I got home. I was I wanted to cry into the pillow because they just bought out a plate of cinnamon donuts. Oh my and then God, I ate yum. and then I ate like six of them, and I was like, not even hungry. Fuck? Yeah, no, it's impossible not to. And that movie is really long. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then the first Sex in the City movie is two and a half hours. Did you know that? That's crazy. I know. But that, that's, I think that's the unedited version because you know how when it came out on Netflix, it had all these rogue scenes that weren't in the first one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything uh, can do with an edit. Um, so you loved it? I loved it. I thought it was so clever and just smart and cool and funny and amazing. Yeah. And we have to say it, Leo was fucking phenomenal. He was so good, wasn't he? Credit where credit's due, <laughs> he was absolutely amazing. I know. I that was better than any movie I've seen him in, I feel. I feel like that's what he should have got his Oscar for instead of that bear movie. I know. That bear movie was just, like, the worst thing ever. It was just him traipsing through the snow being like, Jesus Christ, just give me one. <laughs> what else do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he was brilliant. And the thing is, like... We give Leo a lot of shit, but it's mostly about who he dates. Like when I watch him in a film, I'm like, "Oh, I love Leo." Yeah. When he's when he's in the pool and the girl bursts through the window, that was my favorite <laughs> scene I think in the whole movie. I know it was so good. And Brad- it's really violent. Like I know we know that, but even by Quentin Tarantino standards, I had to cover my eyes. Oh, but was it was people laughing in the cinema? No. Yeah, everyone was laughing. Yeah. But it's just hard it's hard to look at. I find it really hard to watch. Um, Brad Pitt on acid. Yeah. <laughs> he is a you know, actually, I think you said this. H- him in that scene made me really sad, weirdly, that him and Jen had broken up because I was like, they're actually very similar. Like they have that ability yeah. to just do one little thing that makes something really funny. Mm. I know. They're both kind of hot people with good comedic timing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm about to watch. I um, was watching them on Friends and I was so sad. Yeah, it is quite sad. And it's just because, I mean, Angelina Jolie came in. Angelina Jolie, what (laughs) you do? Literally, like, that woman. I know. I can't think of any woman, any marriage that woman wouldn't destroy. Yeah. It's just by her face. And And it's like. You can't even blame Brad. You just you can't blame Ange. It's like, it's what are you going to do? It's just one of those situations. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so afterwards, I was doing so much googling about like the Manson murders and Sharon Tate and everything, and I got onto a bit of a Roman Polanski like dark hole. Mm-hmm. So Roman Polanski is. Some of his movies are like my favorite movies of all time. And I feel like I was really guilty of minimizing what it was that he was accused of. And I kind of felt like it was a cool, artsy, cultural person thing to say like, oh, it was a different time and he's European and things were different then. Because that's what Angelica Houston sort of said, right? Yeah, I think that's what the whole, it became, because everyone kept working with him that became the kind of line regarding Roman Polanski and it's, oh, it's Puritan America, like 
not understanding the free love European thing. And I thought that the case against him was that he'd gone to a nightclub and met a girl at the nightclub and had sex with her and then only found out later that she was 13 and that she'd lied about her age. And then I read the full case and he's he's like a full-blown pedophile. It's just dis- it's disgusting. What what? what so basically happened? what happened was he was shooting this girl for Vogue Paris and she was 13. He met with her mum. He knew she was 13. They did oh a daytime God. photo shoot. And at that photo shoot, he took topless photos of her. And on the way back, started asking her, have you had sex before? La la, like all these grooming questions. And then was like, don't tell your mum about today. And then the next day she went back for the second photo shoot and he gave her champagne and a quaalude and she passed out. And he, he had what? sex with her. He anally and like missionary had sex with a 13 year old girl and he was well, 43 raped years old. a 13 year old girl right yeah had been raped a 13 year old girl yeah and he oh. was 43 my and they show pictures of her from that photo shoot and she looks like a child well yeah like, 13 is so young so young and i read such a good i got onto a really good hadley freeman piece that she wrote about him in 2018 when all the me too stuff was happening and she was like here's someone that we've known the whole time. He didn't deny that it happened. He got found guilty and went to jail for 45 days. He fled the country to avoid more jail time. Everyone knows what he did. It's all out in the open. He's admitted to it. Like there's four other accusations against him from ages ranging from 10 to 14. I was about to say, surely that wasn't an isolated incident. No. And he was like, I just love young women. I just love young women. Uh... Like he's a a pedophile. And I'm like, I just don't understand how you've got all these people, Adrian Brody, Kate Winslet, like Christoph Waltz, Jodie Foster. I can't think of other names right now, but just this endless barrage of people who've worked with him and defended him. Like Woody Allen gets more shit than him and Woody Allen's case is ambiguous. Like I think Woody Allen did it, but he was found not guilty by two courts and he says Mm. he didn't do it. Like Roman Polanski admitted to it and was found guilty of it and left to avoid jail time. That is so crazy. I just cannot, cannot, cannot deal with, like, with young kids with pedophilia. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's like it's like when we talked about Michael Jackson and how repulsed we were by that and we're like, how, even if you're a fan of his, how can you not see how revolting what he did was? Mm. I feel like the whole world has been super complicit in being like, oh, no, it was the 70s and she was 13, but she looked 18 and it was confusing. And, the, you know, like, that's kind of how it's been framed, I think. That's mental. That's actually mind-boggling. I know, it's revolting. And I also think it's interesting to show how... It's interesting... I thought about it and I thought about the fact that it's interesting how society responds to people whose art or work they're invested in versus people who they're not. Like, it was so easy for everyone to hate Harvey Weinstein because there's, like, that extra level of detachment between him and yeah. the movies he yeah. makes because he's a producer. But because Roman Polanski's made, like, The Pianist and Rosemary's Baby and Chinatown and all these movies that people love, like, are so emotionally invested in, which is how I feel about it, you're more willing to kind of cloud the details. I didn't know he made The Pianist. Yeah, he won an Oscar for it mm. from... And he couldn't come to LA to accept it, so he got it via um, video link. Oh my god! Because he was hiding because of the charges. Yeah, because he hasn't come back to America for like forty years. And when he won it, and this was the first time I've ever been disappointed in Meryl. Apparently, Meryl was up on her hands, like hooting and screaming, because all of Hollywood saw it as like good Hollywood's not being politically correct. Oh my god! Yeah, it's 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 actually wild. I feel like it's this thing everyone was just like, okay. Ugh, yeah, the disconnect thing is so funny because, yeah, with Johnny Depp, everyone's just like, maybe mm. I, I cannot fathom how people still think that so many people don't think that that happened. I know. Which is it's weird. Like yeah. And I feel like people should think about that when they think about people like Donald Trump where you're like, how can people still support him? Because we do the same, but just to our versions of those people. Yeah, 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 to Johnny Depp. You know? Because we don't want to hate the guy we grew up with. Yeah, we do it to cool, hot actors or filmmakers who we think are creative, and but other people do it to politicians who they think align with their values. Mm. Like, everybody does it. You have this kind of selective justice thing. 
It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of sexual misconduct. <laughs> uh, Our favourite topic. Yeah. Um, what do you make of all the Katy Perry allegations? Uh, it's so interesting. I find it quite hard to get my head around still. Mm. I think it's bad. I think what she's I, so there was a piece in the Independent about Katy Perry that said it's a really bad sign of our culture that people aren't taking accusations against her seriously, and the accusation was from a male model who worked with her on a music video mm. and said that she pulled his pants down and exposed his penis to a group of people and was just generally kind of creepy with him. I think there's been more than just that though. Um, and then there was there's other things that the article brought out that accusation, which is kind of the news hook, and then added a bunch of others, other things that she's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was saying if you're a feminist, you have to take the allegations against Katy Perry seriously because it's like we can't expect to hold men up to these standards, but not women. Exactly. And you know what's really interesting? Actually, I read an interview with Kira Knightley yesterday, and she was saying that. Um, Modeling is the only industry in the world where women are paid more than men, which I think is true. Mm-hmm. And and she was saying what a bad sign that is for women, the fact that the only time you get paid more is if you're really good looking. Being beautiful. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting in that context because this guy was a male model and it's probably one of the few examples we have in which men maybe have an imbalance of power with women. Mm, that's so situation. true. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's hard because it's like she's got this kind of persona that's very cheeky and playful and irreverent. And... I know, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's a hard one because it's like I don't think I don't know if this is a problematic thing to say, but I don't think she ever would have meant she wasn't meaning it in a way to abuse someone. Yeah, I think it's I think if if she pulled down someone's pants and got his dick out in front of everyone that's so 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 inappropriate yeah. not okay and would be a really humiliating experience and would make you feel shit about yourself and if a man did that to a woman we would be absolutely repulsed so i think that that is really bad and she could be she should be condemned for that so bad yeah it's, it's something that, you, yeah i know i don't want to defend that it's just hard because it's like what do you do she, i don't think she should be quote unquote cancelled <laughs> I hate that phrase. Same. I just think she should be. She, she, if she responds to it in a thoughtful way, I think that that could be a good conversation starter. Mm, me too. Um, and then the cut wrote that piece on being uninfluenced, which is which came out like a day after we talked about you having your shoe crisis. Yes. <laughs> which I think is so funny, and it's so true. They were sort of speaking about when you specifically follow someone and then it kind of turns into a hate follow and then if they buy something you like, you, you're suddenly repulsed by it. Yes. <laughs> which is so I funny. I love that so much because it's so true. Don't you feel mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. And she talked about things like her list of the things she's been uninfluenced on was fucking hilarious. It was like Negronis, the the state of Maine, like, <laughs> like, yeah. like Broadway theatre or something. Um but yeah, I feel like there are all these things now where I see someone post about it and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, and then everyone, now in, our I don't want was, it. everyone in our group was commenting everything that they've, they've been uninfluenced by. That's so good. What have you been uninfluenced by? I feel like I've been uninfluenced about Negronis. Um, I've been, un- well, obviously those shoes that I... Yes, I was uninfluenced by those shoes. I saw a few people on Instagram with them and I was like, eh. Yeah. I, um, what have I been uninfluenced by? Like heaps, I think. I just can't think of anything off the top of my head. I feel like. Definitely clothes. There's definitely things. Yeah, clothes is what I'm thinking about, but I should be thinking more broadly. Broadly. Yeah. I, oh, I don't know. Aperol spritz. I feel embarrassed when I drink. Yeah. You wouldn't be sharing that on Insta. (laughs) Yeah. Even certain restaurants, do you feel like that? Like, you're like, oh, this is cool to go to, and then, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I liked how her piece as well talked about how it makes you a specialist kind of narcissist to be like that. Like, you think that you're so cool and you're so – you have such individual taste that seeing someone else do it makes you think it's no longer cool. Like, it's kind of more narcissistic than (laughs) – Yeah, than just doing it, yeah. 
it yeah. is pretty that's so true i know i'm like well now i can't buy those shoes because everyone will know and it's like no one gives a fuck if you're wearing those shoes exactly um and i loved as well how she said that her mom told her that whatever you hate about others you really hate about yourself and i was like oh my god my brain exploded i was like it's so true mm. There's so many traits in other people that I really dislike that I think I'm secretly really scared I have myself. Did you see um, me post? I literally Googled Pisces because I am um, was talking to this little ten year, cute 10-year-old girl about star signs and I Googled Pisces and it came up with like one of the first questions, which is my star sign, was uh, Pisces bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> That's the top, like, the top Google question. And it's because, which is so true, I screenshot it and sent it to Anton, and it's because when I'm in a good, I'm so like this, when I'm in a good mood, I'm in the best mood ever. And then when I'm in a bad mood, it's like the world, the entire world is ending, as you would know. Yeah, and it's impossible to pull yourself out of it. Mm. I feel a bit like that. Yeah, but then it swings around. I could could be be like wanting to die one minute and then be jumping around the room the next. (laughs) (laughs) Let's blame it on being a Pisces. Yeah. What's your star sign? Scorpio. I feel like we're, um, I wonder if we're compatible as lovers. Oh, God. Well, you know, because it won't say if we're, wait, I'll see if we're compatible as friends. <laughs> like, settle down, doll. <laughs> uh, oh, we're both water signs. The star signs are compatible with each other. The best aspect of a relationship, sorry. Between Scorpio and Pisces is a similarity in their disposition <laughs> and their emotional nature. They complement each other very well and form wow. a deep, solid relationship. Oh, and then one of the questions are, are Scorpio and Pisces soulmates? Yeah. Wow. I think we know the answer to that one. <laughs> yes. Yes. This says, Scorpios derive their strength from the psychic realm. Extremely clairvoyant and intuitive. But what makes us unique is a venomous sting. What? I feel like that's a odd star sign for you. I, I don't like know if you're should've... intuitive. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm intuitive in that I can read people quite well. Yeah, well. Really? <laughs> Just every single human. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I feel like I have a good read on people. No, literally every other day you'll be like, I found our new best friend. And then you're like, oh, cancel that. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I nail it always. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. What's <laughs> so well, my venomous sting? Yeah, you don't have one. You're really nice. Do you think so? That's yeah. nice. Um, also, we need to briefly discuss, which will be very old by the time this comes out, but I don't care. Miley Cyrus's crazy rant. <laughs> I just know. But it's always going to be Miley Cyrus. Well, it is right now. What else is happening? Yeah. I liked her rant. I liked it too. I was into it. No, I loved I it. I didn't like her. But I was just like, what is she even talking about? I like how she about? called herself a hillbilly. Yeah, and it's also like people said that because there was photos of you pashing someone on a boat. Like, it's not like this out of thin air <laughs> yeah. nonsense thing. <laughs> yeah, but also people said that like, we, it wasn't even happening. And then she just jumped online and was like, I can accept that I've blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? Um, I know it's like absolutely no one. 
colon, Miley Cyrus. I am a hillbilly <laughs> who does drugs. <laughs> Literally. My favorite was... But I didn't cheat on Liam Hemsworth. But like, yeah, we know. Yeah. I got kicked off Hotel Transylvania <laughs> for buying Liam a penis cake for his birthday and licking it. That's so good. I read that as I got kicked out of a hotel in Transylvania. I was like, that's such a hectic story. And it took me ages to realise that's like a kid's movie. Yeah, that's even funnier that it's a kid's movie. Yeah. <laughs> hotel Transylvania. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah. It was really good. I feel like it has a, like a, a tinge of like the lady doth protest too much. Like she's kind of like... I'm really, really healthy. I'm really, really happy. I am healthy. I am happy. I am great. I am. You know what I mean? A bit where you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, some people thought it was having a massive dig at Liam. I didn't read that when I first read it, but then um, like a few people messaged me because I'm resident Miley Cyrus um, and was saying that she was having a dig at Liam when she was saying that she had to make a healthy decision and leave a previous life behind. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I just find it all just, I find this breakup really sloppy. Like, I don't know if it's on purpose or what, but it feels like they decided to get divorced like four days ago. Like everything is so. Yeah, well, I think that he, they weren't, they were just having time apart. Then these photos came out. So then they made an announcement that they were split up because obviously the photos, and then they weren't planning on making it finalized, but she's fucked Liam off so much throughout the past two weeks that he filed for divorce yeah right that's what i mean that's really messy that's really messy for a 10-year relationship i just find it all a bit yeah weird yeah it's it's a lot also did you see that thing about um how megan and harry got in trouble for flying a private jet and then kate and william made like this big song and dance for flying economy yeah i know they flew economy (laughs) for like a 45 minute trip to scotland i was like not the same thing (laughs) A, not the same thing. B, like, no one expects you to fly economy. Yeah, with all your children. But that's almost aggravating. Yeah, like, that's just so weird. That would cause everyone more drama than if you just flew business class and no one knew you were there. Yeah. How funny is that? I was like, can you guys just... It's definitely a dig as well. Yeah. It's like, guys. And also, I found it kind of crazy how many people came out about that. There's so much. There's so much drama all the time about them that for... Like, I get Elton John coming out and talking about it because he paid for the jet and he would have been like, mm. it's my fault. But then, like, Pink yeah. and then Ellen DeGeneres and then Meghan Markle's best friend. After yes, that, Jessica Mulroney. I was like, of all of the things, yes. this is what you come out about defending yes. her getting a private jet to Elton John's house. Yeah. Like, I think there's more noble swords to die on. Yeah, and she was like, you racist bullies. I was like, there are so many other times when people have probably been a lot more racist than right now. Then they're just talking exactly. about a jet because of the environment. And it's it's honestly a fucking relevant thing to bring up, I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like that's not hypocritical That's or whatever. They're not just trying to attack them. That's a very relevant thing mm. for you to come out as environmentalists and do a whole issue of Vogue with Jane Goodall about conservation and then fly a private jet, which is extremely wasteful. No, they've, yeah, and they've flown Nancy. like two in the past two weeks. To trips yeah, around like, Europe. I just think that's fair enough to be criticised for that. Same. The Amazon is on fire, everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, I didn't know like all of the yeah because I didn't know all of the stuff about journalists over there. That the reason it wasn't reported on is because so because if journalists speak out against the government, they're targeted and heaps have been killed. Oh, I know Brazil's really crazy. The new leader, he's been called the, like, South American Trump. He's super, super, super homophobic and anti-women. But why are they letting it burn down? I think it's, like, probably a bit like Chernobyl where they just don't want it to get out because oh, okay. it looks bad for them that they can't get it under control. But I am i haven't read anything. I'm making that up. Mm. Um, it's pretty scary. Did you see the videos of... Um, the drinking water in the areas, no. not the drinking water, but the the rainwater. People put out cups of water to collect, and because all the ash from the fire has moved all the way to these major cities, which are hundreds and hundreds of kilometers away, yeah, the rain is full of ash and dirt and so 
and the water that's raining down is like dark brown nearly it's black. so crazy it's so it's crazy it's also such a sign of our priorities that we just don't care as much because it's a south american country mm. like if that was in sweden everyone would be freaking out or france yeah it makes me so sad as well for how many animals will be dying no. I'm the girl that cries every single time I see that bloody ad on TV with the koala. And they're saving the koala out of the fire. And the fire guy gives the koala water. And I literally bawl my eyes out every time. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Izzy, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the link between anxiety and social media. I mean, a lot. It's something we're both super aware of, especially since we both suffer from anxiety and pay a little too much attention to our Instagram grids. It seems to affect young women especially, which is why we're so proud to be partnering with Sports Girl on their Be That Girl campaign, which was created to help dismantle some of the more unrealistic standards that exist in the age of Instagram. Sports Girl are encouraging women to celebrate and share their extraordinary images, the small moments in the everyday that make you happy instead of everything being so curated and perfect. And I love that they've partnered with women like Flex Mummy and Jade Tunchi. The thought of being able to post whatever you want on Instagram instead of worrying about what filter makes your left elbow look better is so appealing to me. Totally. It's Clarendon, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much to Sports Girl for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks. Head to sportsgirl.com.au to find out more about Be That Girl. So we have a surprise for everybody. Um, the girls who do an hour's research for this podcast every week have managed to pull together an interview with <laughs> someone with basically the only people we wanted to interview when we started this podcast ever. We started this podcast, me and Izzy were like, absolutely no guests ever, ever, <laughs> unless it's like at every outfit on Sex and the City yes. is literally what we said. Yep. And we have, what's the word? Done Visualized it, <laughs> it into existence. <laughs> We put it on our mood board. We put it in our goals journal uh-huh. and it's materialized. I was sent to LA for three months to work on it. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're there. The secret reason is he's here. Yeah. And was to so, secure this interview. So we are talking to this week, Chelsea Fearless, who is one of the co-creators of the Every Outfit on Sex in the City Instagram account alongside her friend, uh, writer and director, Lauren Garoni. They're college friends from Parsons School of Design and decided to start the Instagram account, much like us, on a drunken night out. They <laughs> um, have just written their first book, We Should All Be Mirandas. It's out in October. Um, and we are so excited because Grace and I when we found out they were doing an event in Sydney years ago. When was this? 2000, mm. Start of 2017. Yeah. We, or 18. <laughs> I oh, had no concept of time anymore. Neither. It could have been 2007. I think it, it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> we, it may as well have been. We went and got pizza and drank heaps of wine and went to see it at the Golden Age. Yeah, and Chelsea was in the room and we were too scared to talk to her. But eventually I tracked her down in L.A., and screamed at her about the podcast yeah and we strong armed her into coming on if you guys don't follow the account which i'm sure almost all of you do already yeah it documents all the outfits from sex in the city with captions that are frankly pulitzer prize worthy in how brilliant they are it's amazing and they have kind of it's become such a phenomenon that all of the cast members now follow them, are friends with them. They've had events which the cast members have attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically a cultural phenomenon at this point. Yes, it is the best. So um, we locked it in and I went and caught up with Chelsea at The Wing in Los Angeles and we had a froze beforehand and then chatted all things sex in the city. So there you go. Enjoy, everyone. Bye. See you next week. Oh, yeah, see you next week. Bye. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but we haven't actually ever had a guest on before because we didn't want any guests unless they were basically, we had like a list when we started the podcast and you guys were on it. Oh, I'm so flattered. I'm, I'm genuinely flattered to hear that. And I, I understand what you mean. Like if I was just 
creating content with my best friend, you know, why would you want to like bring anyone else into it? Yeah. It could get awkward. Yes. And also, I don't know. People, most people, we don't really want to ask questions, but <laughs> people who uh, run the Instagram account that we're obsessed with, we do. Aww, well, I'm very, very flattered. Um, Lay and, it on me. And also, I just want to give everyone a backstory. So, Chelsea, alongside Lauren, runs every outfit on Six in the City, um, the Instagram account, which has how many followers now? Over 500,000? It's like almost 600,000. But yeah, so we were there pretty early on because you started in 2016. Yeah, it was right around uh, a few, you know, a few months before the the infamous 2016 election in the states, which which I'm sure that you uh, Australian listeners have heard about. But yeah, that's we started it around the same time. Yeah, because I told you when we met that we came to your first live show in Sydney. That is wild. <laughs> yeah. I wish you guys had said hi, honestly. Well, I know. Like, it's fine. Like, that's <laughs> kind of weird. Like, I get it. I get that that's, like, weird and awkward. But to me, it's always nice actually talking to people because it happens so rarely, mm. you know? Yeah. So they, um, just, you, you, it was just you, right? Lauren wasn't there. Lauren wasn't there because I was there visiting, um, Tatiana, my wife, who's Australian, and... How we yeah, know each other. How we know each other. Um, yeah, so you held an event, and you, it was a screening of the first Sex in the City movie with your commentary over it. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we, we screened that. We've done it at the Golden Age in Australia many times. We did it at the Nighthawk Cinema, which is like a great art house cinema in um, New York for the first time recently, but like... We want to tour it around more, but it's like we need to do it at theaters that have like a liquor license. Like I don't want a sober audience like no. listening to our commentary over like a two and a half hour long film, which everyone forgets that film is that long, but it is a long. That is so long. Long movie. Yeah. I just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and was like moving around in my seat because it was two and a half hours and I thought it was outrageous. Yeah. Well, that's it's exactly how long. When I saw Sex in the City, um, when I saw Sex in the City 1 at the movies, I must have been like, still just left high school or something, because I was with this bunch of high school girls, we got outrageously drunk before we went in, snuck bottles of wine in, and then proceeded to scream at each other across the theatre because everyone thought I was the Carrie because I was the rider. So anytime Carrie would do something, my friend Alex would lean forward and like holler at me down the theater. And then really, we go, I think you're a Miranda, even though well, you're a writer. But yeah. Just saying. Anyway. I'm very obsessed with that. Um, and no, I think you're right. I think I've grown into more of a Miranda mm-hmm. as I've matured. Um, but back then, I was just all over the show. Boys, 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 boys. And writing. Of course. That was it. Of course. See, I saw the the Sex and the City film for the first time uh, on opening day, matinee, (laughs) because that's how thirsty and desperate I was. I was in Atlanta visiting my my friend, and I just graduated from college, and it was, like, one of the best experiences of my life, because, like, everyone dressed for it. So good. And it was just, like, the looks were incredible. The reactions from the crowds were incredible. Like... You know, my favorite part is when, like, uh, Big shows Carrie her renovated closet for the first time, and, like, everyone in the theater, like, applauded. <laughs> and I was like, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. mine is a different situation. I was in uh, Hastings, Hawke's Bay, New Zealand, which is a rural town full of crackheads. Mm. Um, Sex farmers. <laughs> yeah, Sounds hot. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure we're probably the only people in the cinema. And then we went to a strip club afterwards. Mm, love that yeah um so when did the idea to start every outfit on six in the city come about um well i when i first graduated from college i worked and while i was in college i worked as a photo researcher at, for mostly fashion clients and sometimes people would ask me for things from sex in the city and i would like google like whatever it was but like i 
came to realize that like none of the cool outfits on Sex and the City were on the internet. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Like none of like the cool ones or the deep cut ones. Like if you Google like Sex and the City plus fashion, it's like the most basic mm. like carry yeah, shit. Yeah, like the tutu. Yeah, comes up. So I thought like shit, there should be a website that just has every outfit on Sex and the City. And that was my thought and I left it at that. And then somehow I brought this up to my friend Lauren like years and years later when we were drunk uh, at a Mexican restaurant in LA. And she was like, that should be an Instagram, like not a website. And I was like, oh, obviously. (laughs) So we started it at the table that day and then, you know, Within like a month, we had like a hundred thousand followers. It was crazy. That's so good. I yeah. I wish I could remember discovering it. I can't remember discovering it. I just know that me and Grace were obsessed with it for for a long time, and we've both written about it, and we'd both messaged you without knowing you. Oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry if I didn't respond. We, no, we uh, we like did some love parts. <laughs> we had some love parts going on. I appreciate it. Um, do you have a distinct memory of first watching Six in the City, the show? Yeah, I was like obsessed with it before it even aired. Like I remember seeing like the ads for it and like this issue of Vanity, like some issue of Vanity Fair in like 1998. And like I loved Sarah Jessica Parker because I loved her in the first Wives Club. I loved her in Hocus Pocus. I thought she was like glamorous and all of that. And like when that sort of key art for the first season came out with Carrie like naked, but just like with the laptop covering like every, I was like, this looks so chic and amazing. I can't wait to watch it. So I like, I literally ripped it out and like put it up like on my wall. Oh my God. Amongst like a 10,000 photos of like Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell and like Madonna and shit. But, um, so yeah. And then of course I was obsessed with it. Like the second it aired, I thought it was amazing. Because it was like a window into a world that just wasn't accessible to me as like someone living in a rural area where like I had never seen like a person carrying like a Chanel handbag before in person mm. ever, you yeah, know, and I was like 16, 17, you know, so. So is it crazy for you now that you know them all? Well, I haven't met, I haven't met SJP or Kim Cattrall. Okay. I've met Cynthia. I've met Kristen. They're incredible. I also met Mario Cantone at like a piano <laughs> bar in New York once. Oh my God. Um, I've never met SJP. I saw but SJP sh- once like at the, at the opening night of Hamilton and she was in like a full like gown and it was like amazing. Yeah. It was so carry. Like it was, it was great. So I was, that was like, that's the closest I've come to SJP and Kim Cattrall, um, doesn't follow us unfortunately yeah but yeah sjp does like they obviously know yeah who you guys are which is pretty crazy yeah it is it is crazy it's 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 all very meta <laughs> um and then for people who don't know you're both self-professed mirandas mm-hmm. um can you explain sort of why why miranda and why you love her so much well it's something i aged into for one thing like when i was younger i was very like carry oriented mm-hmm. i was like this is the life i want like exactly her life you know um this is who i am and i definitely do have a lot of you know personality traits in common with carrie but the older i get the more i relate to miranda her viewpoint her everything you know she is she, you know the the sarcastic character which I relate to, but she's also the pragmatist. She's also has slightly more emotionally intelligent, I think, than many of the other characters. And she's you know she lives in a brownstone and she has a full time housekeeper and like she went to Harvard. Like she's actually the most aspirational character. Yeah. I just didn't realize it because I was too caught up with like Carrie's you know bendy baguettes or whatever (laughs) yeah and it's pretty crazy you started a full cultural phenomenon with the mirandas we should all be mirandas i don't think we started it i think it was like it was like uh, yeah i think it was something i think a lot of people really identify with that character and there's sort of like a bit of like shame i like no one wants to be the miranda of their friend group even though it's like again like fuck that like Miranda went to fucking Harvard yeah like you know so it's kind of about reclaiming Miranda 
and celebrating her and you know and, and she's also you know like so many incredible women like very ahead of her time you know mm-hmm. I feel like now in 2019 like there's more space for a Miranda type person in her culture whereas like before it was like less so you know when we were in high school my best friend who's always been very smart and very onto it we were there was four of us I was Carrie which I was stoked about and before anyone could say anything else she was like I want to be Miranda we were Mm -hmm. 17 I was like you just knew I brought an icon I brought that up with her like like four years ago I brought that up when all of this started and I think I actually wrote an article for Cosmopolitan where I was like at the end praising Ash for not yeah what a pioneer honestly (laughs) truly Um, and then as far as fashion who do you think on the show had the best wardrobe and who do you think had the worst I mean, war in terms of wardrobe, like if I was like acquiring pieces for like a museum, I would say that Carrie has the best wardrobe. Mm-hmm. However, Samantha's fashion persona appeals to me the most, mm-hmm. especially like when she had chemo. That was the only like upside to her cancer diagnosis was her um, incredible, incredible outfits mm-hmm. and incredible wigs. But yeah, I love the the sort of Crayola colored Mugler suits. I love the just insane like monochromatic sort of like cartoonish 80s looks, like the power suits, like all of it. The statement jewelry, the giant earrings, the, you know, yeah, it's perfect. Samantha is perfect. And the worst? Well, I mean... I guess Charlotte appeal Charlotte's wardrobe appeals to me the least, but she's had some good moments. Like I don't want to like shade her. Well, I think I mean a good he, moment recently. I was like I don't even remember her wearing that turtleneck and the coat. Yes, yes. In the first season, she had some like sort of minimalist looks that were like more akin to someone that like works in the art world, which you know she did work in the art world. Um, so at that point in the show they hadn't really clearly defined the fashion personas for the characters yet mm-hmm. like season one is like all over the a show. bit rough and like wild like people were still like talking to camera like they hadn't even introduced the cosmopolitan yet like it, the show was like kind of not what it became um and then if you had to pick your all-time favorite outfit what would it be i think my favorite outfit is so tricky I'm gonna say it's two carry outfits it's a tie it's a tie between when her and Mr. Big fall into the pond and she has to change clothes so she throws on like one of his white shirts and like belts it with like an Hermes belt and wears like a pair of heels that to me is just like the best the ultimate the ultimate carry look the other one is the asymmetric Xandra Rhodes um, dress that she wears in the scene where she first meets Alexander Petrovsky, it's like where they're going to like essentially a fake Marina Abramovic. Like, oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Performance piece. Um, so yeah, that's my other fave. Um, Grace had a few questions. She's um, very upset that she couldn't be here. She's, she's devastated. But one of her questions was, was Alexander Petrovsky even that bad? I think... Yeah, I mean, he sucks, but he doesn't. Like, on one hand, like, I respect the fact that Alexander Petrovsky, like, he knows who he is. He's very clear about that, you know. He doesn't really feel the need to conform to societal norms, which I also appreciate. Um, But, you know, like many creative people, especially creative geniuses, like, he is a tormented narcissist. So... That's not, like, the best. But, you know, that's what Carrie didn't understand. It's like his work is always going to come first. She's always going to come second. That's just how it is. Do you think that there was a Carrie love interest who got away? Yeah, the one, the guy in the episode titled, like, Are Men Freaks or something? (laughs) Are We All Freaks? Something like that. Like... She met this guy that was perfect. She didn't believe he was perfect. So 
they had a one night stand and she, he left and she like ransacked his apartment like looking for like anything that yeah, could that's be like right. sketchy and then he was and then he came back and was like what the fuck yeah. so that guy is, yeah. is the one that went away and do you think Carrie should have ended up with Big or Aiden I mean definitely anyone but Aiden like definitely <laughs> Big over Aiden but I mean that's not saying much that's just like Definitely not Aiden. Yeah. Never Aiden. Yeah. Hashtag never Aiden. I know. He's pretty foul. The worst. I do see the allure of Vic, though. Very yeah. much. I mean, he's hot. Like, he's <laughs> charismatic. Like, I see the allure of Big, too. I just also see, like, a sociopathic finance bro that doesn't have Carrie's best interests at heart. Hmm. It's true. Uh, another Grace question. Do you have any reasonable explanation for Miranda dumping Robert for Steve? No. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. You know, I mean, look, I guess if the Zaza Zoo isn't there, it's not there, um, to mm. loosely quote Carrie Bradshaw. But no, I mean, he's the hottest guy that's ever been on that show. You know, he's... A true icon. I mean, he was kind of shitty to her, like, after they broke up, but before that point, like, flawless. Mm. Obsessed. Um, and we know you've posted about it before, but what do you think the plot line should have been for the third Six in the City movie? Okay, I, well, it's not going to happen now anyway because mm. of all of this drama. So I think it's about shelving it for another, like, 15, 20 years mm-hmm. and then having a third film that's kind of a Golden Girls type thing where all of their husbands die basically they move into a retirement community together and they have to like be single again in their you know 70s and then you know maybe Samantha's in her 80s I think that would be a great film what do you think of the feud? what do I think of the feud? <laughs> okay um I don't want to take sides, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it appears that from everything I've heard that the feud was essentially over Kim Cattrall being paid less, wanting more money, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the series was on, Sarah Jessica Parker was paid much more than the other women because she was a movie star to begin with when the series started and because she was also an executive producer like on the show. So her salary was like very disproportionate to everyone else's. And um, with the films, they like sort of got a bit more money or they got a lot more money. But from what I've heard, Kim was still like upset that you know, she Mm. wasn't being paid as much or what she was worth. Um, And yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, honestly, I think they should have just paid her. Like, I think she should have, I think she should have sucked it up. Like she would have made millions of dollars, obviously. For the third one. Yeah. Yeah. But also I think like the studio should have just like fucking paid her, Mm -hmm. you know, like those movies, like gross millions and millions of dollars, like here and internationally. And you know, they would have made it back. Yeah. It's just a dick move to, like, everyone else that, like, we didn't get, like, another film. I know. It's so sad. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, what do you think Carrie should have gotten Louise instead of that Louis Vuitton bag? A Speedy. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was such a rogue bag. Or a Papillon, or, like, I'm trying to think what else was happening in that era. Do you think Louise liked it? Really? No one could like it. <laughs> and it's so weird because like the the Louis Vuitton bag from the Sex and the City film was a collaboration between Louis Vuitton and the, you know, artist Richard Prince, who's incredible. Yet all of his bags are like the most just like disgusting, like mm. that entire collaboration, like not even just that, like all of it was like trash and I don't understand <laughs> why. It's so weird. We almost forgot to ask you that question. And then Grace was like, I think that's the biggest thing we ever talk about is that handbag. No, I mean, like she wanted something. If you're someone that like doesn't have designer bags, you want something classic. That like you, you don't want like that one piece that like only like super rich people have or only you see in like 
editorial, like, mm. which is what that bag is, like. Um, so there's, like, a debate about how we deal with shows that are kind of problematic now, looking back. Oh, um, I haven't heard. <laughs> and you guys dealt with that in such an interesting way with Work Charlotte. Um, were you surprised that it kind of took off as much as it did? Totally, because... I mean, I was, I was definitely surprised because oftentimes with this account, like the things that we think are brilliant, like no one cares about. And then the things that we're kind of like, like whatever about, like people are like obsessed with. Mm. So that surprised me because it was both something that we thought was great and also something that the audience really responded to. But, but yeah, I think it like, it's campy, it's fun, and it speaks to, like, an experience that we all have, you know, watching Sex in the City now. Like, many aspects of it have not aged well, and it's, you know... And Charlotte was the sort of perfect person to, like, be the social justice warrior of the crew because she is so passionate, like, mm. about whatever on the show, finding a husband, I'm trying to find things think of things she was passionate about <laughs> yeah. but she was you yeah. know so it's like easy to imagine her like being a social justice warrior like in mm. an alternate universe okay and so you've just both written a book yes we've written a book it's called we should all be mirandas based off another thing that we thought was stupid that like caught on mm-hmm. which was that when uh Dior made the We Should All Be Feminist shirt, you know, based off the book of the same name, um, and sold them for like $800. We thought that was ridiculous. You know, obviously we think commodifying feminism by luxury brands is like tacky and like awkward. And like, it was weird seeing like celebrities wear these shirts. So we made shirts that said we should all be Mirandas. We sold them for like 30 bucks. We donated a portion of the proceeds to a legal nonprofit and they caught on. And therefore the phrase caught on when Cynthia Nixon later ran for governor. Like it was like used by a lot of journalists Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of headlines talking about her, you know, uh, gubernatorial campaign in New York. Which is so crazy. So then we kind of just had to retroactively like find... A concept for a book like kind of related to that mm. title so that's that's how we should all be Miranda's came about it's very much a parody of um, sort of self-help slash lifestyle books uh, that were written for women they were really popular in like the 80s and 90s and um, Books like Helen Gurley Brown's Having It All, like books about how to have it all, basically. Mm -hmm. They were all about that. And so this book employs that same architecture and it's structured like work like Miranda, fuck like a Miranda, dress like Miranda, you know, whatever. Um, So it's a self-help book for Miranda-identified people. Okay. And it's out October 15th. October 15th. I'm so excited. Um... Last question, which is another Grace question, and you've never met her, but she wants to know, last time we met, you diagnosed me as a Miranda with a Carrie rising. Mm-hmm. What would you say Grace is based off maybe looking at her Instagram account once? Okay, hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. Give me one second. I mean, since she works in fashion, I would... She's very much... Um, she's such a Carrie but then she's also very obsessed with politics. Okay. <laughs> well, then maybe, I mean, maybe she's a Carrie with a Miranda rising. Like, is she conservative? No. <laughs> but she also seems like kind of a minimalist, which is reading as Miranda to me. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's a, I think like you, it's a Carrie-Miranda sort of hybrid situation. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's what you are, Grace. <laughs> yeah, she'll be pleased with that. Yeah. I sent her a sc- no, I sent her a message that night that I met you. I was like, she said that I'm a Miranda with a Carrie Rising, and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm, I'm the Sex in the City Oracle. 
yeah so we're stoked for that thank you so much for talking to us of course thank you for having me and can we hang out every day until i leave la every single day yay see you tomorrow Should I do it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you know it? Well, yeah, I think so. Off you go. Okay. Welcome to After Work Drinks, the weekly podcast brought no. to you by two best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Your weekly dose. Your weekly dose. Okay. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news and pop culture for magazine journalists <laughs> and best friends. You need to make your face look more like. Well, it's because you're not saying in- it wrong, but just it's <laughs> fine. Just try one more time and then we'll just roll with it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.